We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Greatest Pod in the South. This is episode 187 as we march towards 200 episodes of the big show. I'm Neil McCready. J.G. Tate with me here today as well. I have an advantage over Jay right now that I'm trying not to flaunt in his face. I can watch Manchester United on what is essentially Monday night English Premier League, and Jay can't. So, um, But I'm happy to tell you as we record this, they're in the 18th minute, and Man U has a one nothing lead over Liverpool. I've been able to give Jay a, uh, a little bit of terrible uh, play-by-play, and so... Um, <laughs> So uh, he is updated because of uh, my streaming service working in here. So, Jay, how are you? I'm great. I haven't heard shotgun uh, blasts in, uh, I think it was yesterday. <laughs> nah, that was last night. And uh, another day in Montgomery, Alabama. I call it Hampstead. I live southeast of the town. So, anyway. And uh, it's great that Neil cares about English Premier League soccer because I've been I've been caring about it since 04. So I'm welcoming you guys to the uh, bandwagon. Not my team, but to the league. You have been into it for a long time, and I got into it just the last couple, three years, um, mostly mostly because of my son, and um, you know, I picked the team based on whoever scored the next goal in the World Cup when we were watching it, and the next guy that scored the goal was Harry Kane, and I said, who does he play for? And he goes, Tottenham. And so I said, okay, well, I'll cheer for Tottenham, not knowing at the time that Tottenham and my son's favorite team, Chelsea, are like arch rivals and hate each other. I had no real clue that that was the case. And so I guess in hindsight, I probably should have picked a different team, but now I'm all Spurs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Spurs, uh, Spurs got a big win on, on Saturday morning. One, nothing Harry Kane with the header. I don't think that Spurs have ever won anything significant in their entire lifetime. Um, well, then that, that makes me the perfect fan because I cheer for teams that never win. I, that's just what I do. Well, Louisiana Monroe has one of the best ski jumping teams in the world, dude. I mean, what? Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, Louisiana Monroe has won umpteen uh, water skiing national championships. The Cubs didn't win the 2016 World Series. Yes. Uh, so there, there is something. If I die today, I can say no one can go. You know, he never cheered for anybody who ever won anything. They'll be able. To, nope, 2016 happened. It, it did. It and was also, there. you won the uh, Slutbanger 69 Cup on a Peloton, which is a huge achievement for you. So I did. I did. Finally got the uh, the Slutbanger 69 Cup award. Uh, Man, you oh, okay. the, the people don't care about that, Neil. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to help uh, you. Listen, uh, we got. Do we have sports stuff to talk about? We have a little bit. Uh, Both your team and my team still not naming quarterbacks. Is uh, is Auburn named a quarterback? Oh no, but I know who it's going to be. I think it's going to be Finley, right? Yes, I think so. John Reese Plumley has been named quarterback at UCF, though. Yeah, he's the quarterback at UCF, but Ole Miss hasn't. Oh, <laughs> hasn't named a quarterback. I think it's Jackson Dart. I don't know what this is about. Uh, thank God Lane had at least a funny little line in his press conference today, and I was able to turn that into a lead because I was sitting there going, what the hell am I going to write from this? Where he goes, it's just the same as it's always been, back and forth, back and forth. And he finally mentioned that his son Knox FaceTimes him every day, and Knox said, hey, you know who it's going to be. Just tell me. And he says, no, I really don't. So I was like, well, thank God I can leave with that. Um, but no, I don't know. So I'm, I'm, we're – we're, I think we're at the point where I'm just ready for them to play a game. You know, I can start talking about a game, writing about a game, about who plays, who doesn't. Um, next week will be a real busy week for me because a lot of our shows, like our NIL shows and stuff, get started. My show with my daughter, Campbell, uh, resumes season three of The Butcher versus The Spin Instructor, which is one of the highlights of my week because uh, it's just it's fun. I, I get a kick out of Campbell picking games because she just has no freaking clue and 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 doesn't really care. So it's it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so get, kind of getting ready for the season. I guess they call this week zero, but it's hard to get into week zero when the team you play doesn't play yet. So, but game start uh, game start this week. Do you know? Next, is there anything good going on this weekend? Uh the highlight is uh, is uh, Nebraska Northwestern and Dublin. Uh, oh. uh, Vanderbilt plays at Hawaii Saturday night. If you want to do your show Saturday night, you could do a late night show and drink along with the Commodores and the, and the Rainbow Warriors or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, but no, everything gets rolling next week. Are you still doing the, um, you doing live shows still? What, what, yeah, what's, I'm going to be doing live shows. I have not done one since the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, it's, what's something that's odd is we do super chats on the show. You guys do too. I mean, they're always appreciated, but I've got some people on my site that like try to give me hell about it. And they're like, oh, well, JG, all he wants to do is just whore out for super chats. And I'm just like, bro, if I'm so thirsty for super chats, I haven't done a show since March. Like, does that seem thirsty to you? I didn't get an answer, but. No, I bet you didn't. I don't understand the people like we'll every once in a while I get somebody goes, you show us so many ads. And I'm like, well, I mean, that means we're making money, right? That's good, right? That means that's the show's going to keep going. And it's very few people. But the people that get upset about stuff like that, I, I, I don't understand why they're upset. I mean, why does it affect them if someone super chats your show after the Brain Drain show, after the Auburn game? What, you're, you're, you're bringing them a show that they wouldn't otherwise have. You have coverage from the from the game. You you've got reporters that are at Jordan Hare or wherever Auburn's playing. For sure, the stuff's getting up on the site at auburnsports.com. You are talking about you're, often. I'm, I'm assuming that Brian or whoever calls into the show and y'all talk about the game. And I mean, you're giving them a product. You're abs- actually you're just supplementing a product. What difference does it make if people super to them if people super chat you or not? It, I would view that as. Like there's a show that I there's a YouTube stream that I enjoy. They they cover trials and stuff. It's Rakita Law. They, they do it's just an interesting way to like watch a trial, and those guys make a ton of money like on super chats and stuff. And I'm glad because that means they're going to keep doing it. If they stop making money, well, they wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah, and that would suck, right? And and then if I decide that I don't want to watch, okay, I don't have no one's going to make me right. I mean, I don't I don't think, and so I don't. 
I don't understand that mentality, and I, I run into it just on occasion. I, I think it's interesting, though, that you talking about how you're a consumer of that particular uh, live show. Yeah. Uh, the legal show, kind of going through some law stuff. The one that I watch, well, I watch a couple FIFA streamers, but I also watch LAX uh, air traffic. Uh, there's a brother, well, there's a family uh, that I'm familiar with personally from years and years ago, and they do a, a stream from LAX, like, but most almost every day. And it's just like all these planes landing, and then it's like they go, here comes an, uh, uh, an Aerobus 6272 coming in from Dublin, Ireland. Oh, yeah. You know, and it sounds like they're spinning records from the 80s or whatever, but it's actually yeah. just flights landing. They get super <laughs> chats all the time. I know they're doing good. Yeah. But I enjoy the hell out of it, man. I, and that's great, right? Yeah, everybody's got their own little thing that they like, you know. Yeah, but it's good that it's good that those guys or gals or both are, are making money. Yeah. Because that means they'll keep doing it. What's the big deal? If it's something that you enjoy, what what skin is it off your back? Exactly. If you and Chance the Yapper are making, you know, $150,000 a year, which you're not, but if you did, why would anybody care? Like, good for you guys. Everybody else is drunk and having fun, and you guys are having to be serious on the show. I, maybe not me as much, but y'all do. I mean, you know, you're doing we, your thing. Do a Thursday night show that we double as the uh, – as the Friday, it's so funny. So we do this Thursday night show. We do the first part of it's kind of serious, and then we get it. We'll get a guest and make it a sports show, and then we take calls. And then you know how this is, you go where the callers take you. Oh yeah. And so we've started. So we, at first we would put that all up as one podcast. People would come back and go, "I just don't know why you guys take calls." And my response is always, "Why does it matter? You don't have to listen." Like, so did you break it into two? So we're breaking it into two now, and I'm curious to see the breakdown on the numbers, like yeah. what, you know, how many people indeed listen to the second part. But so I, we're trying to make it where it's, we're trying to give the people what the people want. But sometimes that's a really hard thing to do when sometimes you just want to say, hey, I get it. Like for example, I like a lot of Adam Carolla. I like Carolla, but I don't listen to every Carolla podcast. If the guest that's going to be on doesn't interest me, I don't watch. I don't send Adam a note and go, hey, that guest sucks. Give me a new guest. I just don't listen to that one. Or if there's a guest that I'm like, oh, that one sounds like it's going to be really good, I'll listen to it. Maybe I make it to the end. Maybe I don't. I'm that way with, like, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is a three-hour podcast. I very rarely make it to the end of a Rogan podcast. And a lot of a lot of his podcasts, the guest doesn't interest me, so I don't listen. But I don't go fire off a tweet at him and go, "Hey, you, you suck because you got this guy and he doesn't interest me." Because odds are he interests somebody, right? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of how the business works, right? I y- think so. Y'all show is a little more stern than mine is. I mean, uh, you know, maybe I'm just kind of a weirdo, though. I mean, Chance's Yapper is pretty straight, you know, and uh, and yeah, you've gotten better. I think you're a little more entertaining than you used to be. I think, but. I just like to get lit and talk about dumb shit. So that's kind of what we do over on my show. <laughs> well, Chase stopped drinking. And so that, that completely changed like the tenor of what he doesn't drink hardly at all anymore. And so that, what did he talk about why on the show? Uh, why would no. someone do that to themselves? I, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you cope with life after 40? If you're not drinking, is how he, many nights, how many nights a week do you drink? Man, why do I have to talk about this on the show, man? I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I had a six-night week two weeks ago, and I and we both courting out because we always drink together. I, we were like, that's too much. So I would say now it's probably four, three or four. 
And when you say, I mean, even one drink, does yes. one drink count as drinking? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll just sip, a, you know, two ounces of bourbon and that's it. Yeah, see, to me, that hardly counts. Okay, you're talking about affected mentally? Well, yeah, to where there's where there's more than just like, like okay, for here's an example. For me, if, if I just have one glass of wine, like it's just kind of, hey, a relaxing glass of wine, I don't view that as, hey, I went drinking. Okay, fair enough. But if, if I pour a second glass. Yeah. Okay, well, now we're talking about drinking. Like if I, I don't know that if, if, if someone's out there and they have a beer, right? They come in from a hard day of work. And like my dad used to come, when I was a kid, I remember this vividly. My dad would come home from uh, a day of, of teaching or whatever at Louisiana Tech. And he would pop popcorn and he would have a beer, usually a Miller Lite. And he would watch the CBS Evening News with, I guess, Dan Rather most of the time. That was the one that he watched the most. I can remember when it was Walter Cronkite, but then after that it was Dan Rather. And that was what he watched. He watched the CBS Evening News and then he would watch the Monroe Local News. And then that was it. And he never, I, I never noticed him I, thinking back on it. Like, I don't ever remember him going and getting a second beer. He just had some popcorn and he had a Miller Lite. By the way, uh, my dad, Mike, turns 80 tomorrow, so happy birthday, Dad. What a stud. But he would have the Miller Lite and the popcorn, and every once in a while I'd be like, hey, can I have that last sip? And I'd get like a little sip of the Miller Lite, and it was like, you know, it's kind of like you kind of living on the wild side. Yeah, that warm backwash is wonderful, I'm sure. You just didn't know at the time that that's, you know, whatever. Um, But, yeah, that was it. uh, I don't view that as, okay, he was drinking every night. But now, if you go have three or four beers, well, now you're drinking that night. Yeah. So I'd like to think that I limit my drinking to five times a week, but it's more coping than I, I think. It's just well, with beer, it's I just enjoy it. I like it, and I'm not hurting anybody. Like, you know, some people have drinks, and drinks make them aggressive. Yes. Drinks don't make me aggressive. Me neither. So. And make me kind of mellow, or kind of like laughy and funny and. But for uh, you, it's almost like fellowship with your wife because she drinks along with you. Yeah, yeah. And same so, for me. So it's almost like, just kind of a fun couple thing to do, you know? I think I told you this last time. I mean, I don't drink martinis, but I've learned how to make a what I think is a really good martini because she enjoys a martini. And so I'll fix her a martini and then I'll pour a bourbon or whatever. And yeah, we'll just hang out or she'll have a glass. She doesn't like the same wines that I like, but. She'll have a glass of wine, and I'll have a glass of wine, and whatever. Yeah, so that's not, I mean, it's not like you're doing anything destructive. That's right. I would say under your guidelines you just laid out, your parameters, I would say that I drink three or four times a week, three or four nights a week. Which I think is perfectly fine. Well, I know, but I I used to do it two or three times a month, you know. I just think that's part of I don't know it's getting but you do it responsibly you don't I think so yeah you don't get in your car and go racing through the streets of Montgomery lit up like a Christmas tree well no uh, you you mentioned that about drinking so I went to the Troy Troy University had a drawdown uh, for the athletic department uh, so what it is basically you buy a lottery ticket and then they, it's like a reverse lottery like they start pulling numbers and then once they pull your number you're eliminated and you try to be the last one standing you see what I'm saying okay. So we went down to Troy the night, and uh, us and a couple of our friends that are couples or whatever, we got ourselves a booze bus. And, you know, we, we hired a company to provide bus uh, from us to go to Pump Pike Road down to Troy. Yeah. Brought bourbon on the bus, got all fucked up, like tore down, went to the fucking uh, thing at Troy in the arena. 
continued to drink because it was included with the price, and we just got all tore down, and it was great, man. But again, responsible, right? We had a bus. Yeah, you were responsible. You knew that you were going to, to, to drink to a point that you would not be safe operating a motor vehicle. And so you made arrangements not to operate said motor vehicle. That's right. And then had fun. See, that's I, responsible drinking. I don't think there's a problem there. I and did a... Uh, like mean or something. Like some people, some people like different spirits, especially like whiskey or something will make people mean. Like I'll notice sometimes tequila sometimes can give me a little different edge that I have to be aware of. But I mean, if it's not making you like beat people up or something, it's okay. Yeah. I had something kind of awkward happen to me, though. We were at the thing at Troy. I was walking around with my, my friends. We, we party together a lot, and we're each other's wingman, you know, just kind of when we're partying, we look out for each other. And uh, we were kind of going around just talking to people, meeting people. And we came across this girl who's about our age. She's real cute I and mean, uh, whatever. And, uh, and and she asked for our numbers. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, I was kind of staggering a little bit because I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And uh, he was like, I'm not doing that. So... I wasn't sure how this was going to end, and I kind of looked over at him, and he goes, hey, if you want to come to our tailgate, you really ought to. Why don't I give you my wife's number, and then y'all can coordinate that. And I was like, perfect, man. And she she went for it. I guess she kind of had to, right? But, yeah, uh, yeah they got hooked up on the phone or whatever, and so, uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I wasn't going to give her my number. That's Hey, man, I love talking to hot chicks and everything, but I'm not, I'm not giving out numbers. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Man, you know, they, they like to say you're as faithful as your options, you know, and I'd like to think of myself as being a little more galvanized than that, but <laughs> you're never going to ha- you're never going to have a lapse in judgment if there's not even an opportunity. That's what I'm saying. So just well, that don't is even true. That is true. Like if I don't trust myself, then just don't ever get in that situation. Hey Jay, speaking of like coping with things and yes. stuff, uh, we got a word from our sponsor BetterHelp. If you've been listening to MPW Digital over the years, you know I'm a big fan of uh, mental health therapy. I've needed it at times. I've been honest about that. During the pandemic, my girls utilized therapy as well. There's really no stigma. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Taking care of your mind is just smart. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we take, why don't we treat them that way as well? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life, so it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy that provides uh, video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash MPW. That's betterhelp.com slash MPW. You know, I have a background in psychology, sir, and I uh, thought I wanted to do that for my career. It's too hard for me. But being a therapist is hard, but going to therapy and, and engaging in, in therapy, that's not hard. And I it's find not- a lot of value in it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't want to get overly deep here on the greatest pod in the South, but it it was it was a game changer for me. Oh, it was for me too. I think I mentioned on the show before, but I think it's a good opportunity to go back through real just very very briefly. But my dad had electroshock therapy about I don't know ten years ago, eight years ago now, and uh, he did that because it was a uh, he was at a very bad point in his life, and he didn't feel like he had really another option. He he wasn't able to get through what he was needing to get through, and. Anyway, after that, he has been able to cope with a lot of his issues. However, unfortunately, he's kind of a different person now. 
Uh, he's very blunt, and he doesn't. He's not affectionate at all, and he's just not himself. And he'll never be himself ever again. He's a, kind of a new person. I had a really hard time dealing with that and getting through that. And I actually sought therapy myself, um, and spent about a year talking to a gal named Deborah here in town, uh, in Montgomery. And man, I'm telling you, she gave me some really good insight that I had not considered, and some coping mechanisms that I still use today. And uh, my life is definitely demonstrably better now that I was, I was able to put that uh, that roadblock yeah. behind me. Yeah, for sure. It's crucial. So I would certainly encourage anybody to uh, take advantage of that if possible. All right, moving on to a little bit of sports. I mean, heck, this is kind of a sports show in a way, right? The Big Ten uh, finally got its shit together a little bit and uh, signed a new media rights deal uh, with CBS, Fox, and NBC uh, worth approximately $1.1 billion per year. I think it's $8 billion over seven years, something like that. Yeah, it's, and it's got options that can get it up to 10 We were looking at this the other day. Per school, per year, starting out, it's going to be about $67 million per school. That's just for the TV rights and stuff. That does not include like bowl money and stuff like that. It's for their, their deals with their streaming partners and their television partners. So that's good for them. It's kind of like when you're one of your friends, you know, starts dating a girl who's kind of ugly, but you're kind of like, oh, no, she's really sweet. Like we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You, you try to proper up a little bit because that deal kind of sucks. And I, the SEC is going to absolutely take uh, their friends, ESPN, ABC, and Disney, they're going to get a lot more money out of them. I know they're in negotiations right now, right? Yeah. So, Well, 
I agree with you that the SEC is going to get more. Now, there are some people out there that don't believe that. They, they think the SEC is going to get less because they think the Big Ten, from a media rights standpoint, is more attractive. I disagree with that, but I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what happens. What is interesting, and you and I have talked about this, I know before, and I've talked about it on, on my daily podcast a bunch over the years, I've always been super interested in this whole expansion thing. I've known it was coming for years. I knew Oklahoma and Texas were going to leave. I, I felt I said a year ago I thought USC was bolting the Pac-12. I actually thought they were going to come to the SEC, but they went to the to the Big Ten. Um, now you've got this money that's out there. Is now that the money is people have a number on it, right? It's one thing when you're like, "Hey, man, hey, man, we're going to make a bunch of money," right? We're going to make a whole bunch of money. And you're like, okay, cool. But when they come back and go, hey, guess what? We're going to make $1.1 billion. You're like, oh, oh, okay, that's a different number. Yeah. That, that's, that's not – now that's a real number. <laughs> you say, hey, uh, you know, th- this contract for us is going to be worth a whole lot. And you're like, okay, cool. And when they come back to you and go, hey, this contract for us is going to be worth another $300,000. Like, oh, oh, okay, that's a different deal. So that's what's happened is that the Big Ten now – that they can put a real dollar figure on it, and now people look at it and go, okay, that's probably the base jumping-off point for the SEC. If you're in these other leagues, if you're in the pack, what's left of the Pac-12, if you're in the ACC, you're looking at those numbers, Jay, and you're like, okay, all right, let me, let me, let me put this pen to paper. We get $22 million a year or whatever in TV revenue, and Iowa is going to get 67 Mississippi State's going to get at least 67, probably more. And those numbers at both Iowa and Mississippi State and all of the Big Ten and SEC schools are only going to go up from there incrementally. If you're at one of these other places, you 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 you, you see that and you go into your meetings and go, "We got to get out. We got it. We got to get out." I mean, we we can't. This is this is not competitive. If if I make you and me, okay. If I make $50 million a year more than you make to do the same thing, it's only a matter of time before the resources that I have to do what I do allow me to do it so much better than you that you can't compete with me anymore. Well, yeah. but Does that make sense? Yes, but the SEC ain't going to let just everybody in. So I guess they're all calling Sankey trying to portray themselves as the hot chick, right? And. I know Sankey has said he's, his phone's been blowing up. Um, so, I mean, I think things are going to be happening. But I still think the SEC is going to be getting – the number I've heard was $3 billion over 10 See, I've not heard that. That, so, is a, that is a massive number. If that turns out to be true, then that is going to be – So, yeah, I think it's going to be going down. And part of this deal with the Big Ten, Neil McCready, is that – We've been for years and years and years. The SEC has always had the feature game two thirty, well two thirty where I live, on CBS. That is changing. That game is going to be the Big Ten starting in twenty twenty four, and I, I don't know what the arrangement's going to be in twenty three because the SEC still has that slot, but I think the Big Ten also might have some of that too. No, it's it, it doesn't start until twenty four. Okay. What we're about to see is we're about to see two seasons where the SEC and CBS are essentially a divorced couple living in the same house. Okay, fair enough. Um, and, and so the question will be, how congenial can that relationship be? Well, it better be pretty leaving, congenial. Well, they're leaving each other, and everybody knows, like, CBS has a new mate, and the SEC has a new mate, and 
everybody's got to deal with one another, and I don't know how I don't know how well that's going to go. CBS is being a little petty, and it's kind of funny to me, but the truth is CBS had a, a tremendously favorable deal for CBS, and now that the deal is up and the SEC was like, all right, you're going to have to pay up, they're like, nope. And, you know, so CBS is just one of the partners with the Big Ten, right? along with Fox and, and uh, NBC. I'm interested to see what the SEC does as it pertains to um, to streaming. I'm interested to see whether they add anyone other than ESPN and Disney as a partner. I'm guessing they don't. Um, and then to see what it means. And, like, there's a story out just today, as we taped this on Monday, that Oregon is, is in conversations with the Big Ten, desperately trying to get into the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten's going to wait and see what Notre Dame does. But... The Big Ten is definitely not through expanding. Multiple reporters have reported that. And I think if the Big Ten expands further, the SEC probably does too. And, and everyone's hung up on this deal with the ACC, acting like the ACC schools can't get out of their rights agreement that they are locked into, into until 2035. But again, I go back to the numbers. If, if, if Auburn is, is making $75 million a year in TV money, and you, Clemson, are making a third of that. I don't know how you look at it and go, well, in 10 years we'll get out. Yeah, so in 10 years, they will have accumulated a half a billion dollars in TV money more than you. That money is going to go into NIL, it's go, or, or it's going to go into all the other things that allow, instead of you fundraising at the university, now you NIL raise at the university. And yeah, so, that's another part of this, right, Neil? Is that these huge contracts, well, you know, these athletes are thinking, all right, what's our cut on that? Well, they, they have to. And, and the truth is they're going to get a cut. And so if, if they're getting a cut at SEC and Big Ten schools and the ACC schools are giving a much smaller cut, where do you think the good players are going to go? Absolutely. That's going to be a big deal right there. And you get into this. Is, and so you do 10 years of that, Jay. Well, if I recruit 30 good players a year – and you essentially recruit 10, and we do that for 10 years. You'll beat me. Whose team's going to be better, mine or yours? So Clemson's got to get out. Clemson's got to be looking. Yes. I'm always surprised. See, you you and I just talked through this. There are people that, like, yeah, but that that TV, you're going to hire attorneys at Clemson, at North Carolina, at Florida State, and go figure out a way to get out. And then if enough of them together do it, well, if enough of them pull out of the of the ACC, they can dissolve the contract in and of themselves, and it just goes away, and there is no penalty. And I think that's what's coming is it's going to be just a a group effort that makes it happen. We're so like the- like Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, Florida State are going to bounce and then leave Virginia and Wake Forest and Duke to just kind of deal with it. Yeah. Oh, dude, that would be I mean, ruthless. I mean, you know, it is ruthless until you look at it from a money standpoint and go, well, our goal here is to compete. And if you're North Carolina, can you say, hey, well, you know what? We really owe it to Wake Forest and Duke to protect them. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so what we'll do is we're going to create this uh, this environment where for 10 years we are going to be just um, completely secondary to our friends at I mean, pick your pick your league. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida, Georgia. How how do you justify that? How do you if you're in the room at a place like Clemson, which competes against, you know, Georgia and and Auburn and 
North Carolina and South Carolina and those kind of schools for, for students and for athletes, how do you sit in there and go, okay, well, so, yeah, we're Clemson. Hey, South Carolina is going to be getting $75 million a year. We're going to get a third of that. We'll be able to catch them. In 10 years, we can cut a new deal. And in 10 years, South Carolina will have $500 million more in that period of TV money than we're going to have. I'm sure that won't make a difference in, in recruiting no. players and, no. and, and product and stuff. It, it, it's, if you're at one of those ACC schools, I, don't, I just don't see where there's an alternative. You have to figure it out. And look, the SEC and the Big Ten, they might. If you're the SEC, the only way you add a school is if ESPN slash Disney says, yep, we'll make another piece of pie like the one we give to Mississippi State, like the one that we give to LSU, and we'll give it to Clemson or North Carolina or whatever. Well, I don't know how many pieces of pie ESPN and Disney are wanting to make because each each of those pieces of pie is another hundred million bucks. Yeah. Um, do you anticipate more conference realignment in the next year? Yeah. I mean, the ACC people have to do something, right? Yeah. I mean, look, if it's not in the next year, as we take this on. August of 2022, it's in the next 24 months. North Notre Dame has a decision to make. And if Notre Dame's decision is, you know what, this independence thing was kind of cool, but we're going to join the Big Ten, it's off to the races. Well, that's going to happen. They're not going to go to the SEC. No, they could stay independent. I don't think they will. I think they'll jump to the Big Ten at some point, fairly, probably fairly soon when their TV deal's up. I mean, unless NBC goes, you know what, and see, here's, here's the thing. Why would NBC cut a separate deal now with Notre Dame when they're already a, a partner? With the Big Ten, with, yeah. The Big Ten. Wouldn't you just tell Notre Dame, hey, go ahead and jump in? I was thinking it would be streaming mostly. I think those games are going to be on Peacock. So I don't know how much of a broadcast partner NBC is going to be, but I guess that will get figured out in time. I'll also well, of note, I mean – Look at the way things are – not to interrupt you, but look at the way things are going, Jay, in two years – Hell, everyone might be streaming. Yeah, I'm already there myself, right? I mean, I don't watch much regular TV anymore. Uh, one thing that's kind of out there floating is Apple TV Plus. Man, this stuff is really blowing up, and that's going to be a dominant paradigm. And they're not really in the sports business right now. Uh, they're trying to get on M- an MLS, excuse me, MLS a little bit. Yeah, which is kind of a minor league deal. I mean, whatever. Not a lot of interest in MLS. They've got the Friday night Major League Baseball game. They, it, it's very clear that they're experimenting, right? Let's, yeah. hey, let's figure this out. Let's troubleshoot. Let's see how you kind of do this. And then at some point, they're going to step in big and go, all right, let's see what we can do with the NFL or with college football because that's, that's where the coin is. That's why I was thinking they were going to get in on NFL because that contract's up after this coming season. Uh, all this stuff with DirecTV and stuff. That's Yeah, well, you saw where NFL launched NFL Plus. Mm. And so you got to think that's where this is headed with them. Where as soon as the deal with Directv is up uh, with NFL Sunday Ticket, that they'll move NFL Sunday Ticket. I'm guessing to NFL Plus and, Anoth- and another streaming service. But man, you know how this is because you're an NFL fan. Think yeah. of how how many people go. You know what? I can't live without that. I, okay, sure. Twenty nine ninety five done. I mean, the NFL is so big, so big. Yeah, I have to watch my Raiders games. So you're right about that. Well, and how many people who aren't necessarily like a Raiders fan or a, a Titans fan or whatever are big into uh, uh, fantasy football? They're big into gambling. I mean, the NFL is just—they have so many different tenants. They—they—they've got the guys like you. Just hey, I'm a, you and your wife. You're gonna you're gonna watch the Raiders every week. 
Raiders play, you're watching. It's part of your deal. Hey, party, 325. And then they have tons of people, frankly, more of those people than people like you who turn on NFL Red Zone and they're watching their fantasy team all day. Okay, yeah. I need I need a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. All right, I got that. All right, now I need I need I need a running touchdown from whoever. Those people, man, there's a ton of that, and they're in multiple leagues and they're watching Red Zone all day long. And I like Red Zone too, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you know, and then you got the people that just watch. They got a schedule. I've told you, I've got a Sunday schedule that. Kind of every week, it's sort of I, I build it around the NFL, and it works. Yeah, you do ten things, right? I do my ten thoughts, and my goal is to be done by three twenty-five, so that <laughs> I can watch this. But I, I'll turn the noon games on in here, and that's kind of my, you know, my background, and I, it makes me productive. And and then I watch the three twenty-five games, and I watch the Sunday night game, and I watch the Manning cast on Monday night when they do it. And you, NFL you, NFL rules. You like the witching hour, don't you? When uh those late afternoon or the early afternoon games are kind of finishing up and the, yep. Yep. yeah, that's fun. Yep. Uh, one thing I could definitely go a whole day with and spend an entire day with is Cathead Distillery products, Mm-mm-mm. makers of fine spirits and other delicious refreshments that can be found throughout the Southeast and beyond. Their newest product is spreading like wildfire throughout the swimming pools, shindigs and get togethers of my locale and yours. It's Cathead sparkling, a sparkling vodka cocktail and a colorful aluminum vessel, 5% ABV, 100 calories, and as always, gluten-free, sugar-free, and vegan. Cathead Sparkling comes in eight packs these days with uh, eight flavors now. Uh, you know the limeade, the strawberry lemonade, the mandarin setsuma, and the cranberry from all those years ago, but now they have mango, raspberry, cucumber, and pineapple. This was news to us when uh, uh, we were doing our pool drinking the other day, and somebody rolled in with a cucumber cathead, which, first of all, when we saw a cathead sparkling, we were like, finally somebody cool enough and then they had the cucumber that they had brought from out of state which prompted me to catch up with my friend at cathead and he said yes indeed there are some new flavors so be on the lookout for those the mango the raspberry the cucumber and the pineapple i have now consumed several of these i kind of thought they were for girls but now that i've had some i actually really enjoy them uh for me it's kind of a complimentary thing when i go to the pool i'm drinking uh bourbon whether that be the old soul the tin type series and then uh, maybe as I'm finishing things off, I get a little bit of the sparkling. Uh, but I tell you what, the girls love it. And uh, it is. It's light and refreshing. It doesn't ever weight you down. And, it, and they're good. They're really, really good. You can find those in grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor outlets near you. Cathead, of course, came to be with their vodkas. The Cathead Bitter Orange is the big one right now. But they also have the Cathead Honeysuckle. You may also see their straight vodka, their blue label, the Blue Cat out in the wild, as well as their pecan flavor as well. It's a green cat. They're all delicious, and they all have a role in making a great, delicious cocktail. Cathead's bourbons are excellent as well. You guys all know about the 90-proof Old Soul, but their single-barrel Old Soul at 190-proof is a terrific standalone pour. I have not seen it lately, much to my chagrin, but if you see it out there, you need to buy that. Uh, you also may run across the 10-type series, which I've been drinking right here. I have two bottles of that. Seven-year product. Absolutely love it. 119 proof. Might put a little drop in there, water, maybe. Sometimes it just depends on the day for me. Uh, and then back in Kentucky in May, I was able to find some 13-year-old soil with that gray label. If you see that, buy it, seriously. Look, Cathead. You need Cathead in your life. Seek out their Cathead Sparkling or any of their fine spirits next time you're out. If your favorite bar or restaurant doesn't carry Cathead, they should. Make a request. Ask them to carry Cathead because life is better with Cathead in it. Do what you got to do and get that Cathead.
Yes, indeed. Also, uh, brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. Clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. And brought to you by our friend John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to give you a bunch of cool stuff that you can't find on your own. If you want the extra attention that's needed to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories, you need to get in touch with our friend John. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients save 50 bucks off their first trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on this here podcast. We love them some John Edwards. I sure do. Appreciate him all the time. The guy's an absolute professional. Also, Stacy Wall from Pinterest, another legend as well. I think, uh, Neil, Courtney and I have been talking. Auburn's got an off week in uh, the second half of October. Yeah. And we're thinking we might just uh, steal away to the Caribbean. Oh, cool. I mean, there's not much going on. No. That'd be the ideal time to go too. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I got a little, I got a little secret I want to tell you about that. A little, little way I'm gonna be able to get out there without spending too much money. Okay. Yeah. You guys, you can't tell me here. You nah, it's a secret. Man. Later. But oh. Let's just say John Edwards gave me some good ideas on this. Anyway, well, he, he's got them. <laughs> Guy knows what time it is. Absolutely, he does. Uh, everybody wants to know. Neil McCready spent some time this past weekend journeying to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where he saw. I'm assuming you actually saw the Coyote Bid Day. I did, uh, and it's a big deal because uh, your your oldest, uh, Caroline, is Campbell. Campbell, like I said, Caroline's the the, the middle child. That's correct. Uh, Campbell was running rush uh, for the Coyotes at University of Arkansas. That is a lot of pressure because Coyote was founded at University of Arkansas, That's and they correct. are expected to be absolutely kicking ass every single minute. And uh, it sounds like Neil. They had a heck of a, a pledge class come in. They did. I was, um, I, I've told people it was, um, I didn't know what to expect. I'd not been to the uh, bid day when Campbell got in. I was not at bid day when Caroline got her bid because Carson, our son, had soccer tournaments and I was with him and Laura was with the girls. And Campbell found out, I guess, last like October that she was going to be the rush chair. And at first I didn't know what that meant right i didn't know how big of a deal it was and the more i began to learn about it i was like oh wow this is going to be a big deal like it was a big deal that a, a non-arkansan was the rush chair um typically the rush chair at arkansas is an arkansan with kyo because it, as you said it was founded there and they have a, a and this is good i don't mean this in any critical way at all um but you know they have a lot of alumni who are very, very involved and serious and active and, and all of that. And so there was uh, expectations and pressure. And um, Campbell just is one of those kids, Jay, and I, I think this has happened with your daughter at college too. College just, she made a really good choice. She picked a place that was for her. And she's thrived and she's grown up and um, just – one of the things that was really cool on uh, Saturday was to see a lot of the girls that she pledged with in 2019 saw Laura and me and would come up to us 
and give us a hug and all that stuff and say, Campbell's been awesome. Oh, man, that's great. Like, you guys should be so proud. This is unbelievable. This is the third time we've done this, and it was so different. It was it was incredible how organized and detail-oriented and ready and poised and all of that. They were all just like, you should be so proud. And it was really cool to hear that from her peers, you know? Yeah. And these From these girls that I remember when, you know, they were just freshmen and they were just like kids, and now they're kind of, you know, young women, not to be... I can hear people almost rolling their eyes, you know, but you know what, you know what I'm saying? You see the maturation and they just, it's really cool. And, um, I knew how much work she'd put into it. She stayed up there all summer. Uh, she came home for like two days in the middle of the summer, but she was in Fayetteville every single day. They would meet from nine until two and they'd break and then they'd come back. And a lot of times they had to go back at night and Arkansas, I guess, because a lot, a lot of schools have set records for freshman classes. I don't know what Auburn's class is or whatever, but um, I, Ole Miss has a huge class this year. I know that. And they had 2,470-some-odd girls go through Rush, which is an incredible number. Wow. And I was like, so how many of those like resumes and stuff did you have to look at? She said, everyone. I said, nah, come on. And she goes, everyone. Everyone that did a video, we watched it. And I said, without, she goes, with no exceptions. Just, it was, that's just the way it is. And, and she, she felt like she probably knew by the end, like by sight, 600 girls, which is a remarkable thing. I mean, I can't even imagine. But uh, they, they did really well, and it was, it was kind of cool. And, you know, of course, they had the party on the, the, at, at the yard and stuff where all the screaming, yelling girls or yeah. all that stuff, which is the chaos that you would think it was. I, it wasn't, here's an interesting thing, but to bring it back to sports. I looked up on the balcony at, uh, of the Kyo house there on Maple Street, and um, Eric Musselman was up there. And I was like, what's he doing? Like, why is the basketball coach at the Kyo house for bid day? Thought, That's weird. Thought maybe he has some friends or whatever, but it turns out that his wife, Danielle, had gone through a process um, to become an, a member of the alum, not alumni, but I guess to become a member of the act, like an active chapter. She'd gone through some process that was months and apparently is kind of grueling or whatever to essentially pledge not pledge but become a an honorary kyo or whatever yeah on uh, on saturday because she had the you know the owl thing on and stuff and i was like when i saw that i was like i'm confused and then someone explained it to me and i was like oh that's kind of cool but um anyway it was, it was really fun it was one of those really proud dad moments where i think you um you get validation that that all the effort that you put into parenting is maybe paid off or maybe the mistakes that you made didn't turn out yeah destroy your kids <laughs> that happened to me a little bit at south uh they had midday yesterday um maddie was not she didn't run rush or anything like that she's the sisterhood chair so she plans parties that's more like what she does yeah but uh, at their annual awards banquet they had last year her and her best friend sarah were named like the like the comedians of the group that's what maddie's role is and i can tell when i'm hanging out with her up there that everybody's just like Oh, Maddie, you're so funny, you know, and that's like what I'm. That what makes me proud, right? I mean, sure, she's kind of following me in Courtney's footsteps that way. So, I know what you're talking about when people come up to me and say, "Oh my God, you're Maddie Tate's dad." She is so funny, man. I don't know how she where she gets it. I'm always like, "That's my girl right there," you know. Yeah, and I just think if I don't, I think when you have like I had that come over me Saturday that like 
this was the right place. This was this was her place. She was kind of this is where she was sort of meant to get to. You know, this was a good this is a good thing. Like she's around around these people that are you can tell, like you 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 can tell when friendships are like and there's nothing wrong with just having like acquaintances and people that are your buddy or whatever. It's cool. Like you see them and you're like, hey, yeah. what's going on? You know, but she's got a handful of friends. I don't know how many. It's probably 10, 11, 12, maybe a little more than that. And out of that group, if you told me that six or seven of them are friends until they're old women, like really good friends, I would completely believe it. Um, they, they have just this. And a lot of it, you know, was... The, the COVID year, and I bet Maddie has some of this too, when everything was online and they lived in that house together and so they're all just basically taking classes together all day long in the Kyo house and all that stuff, that that friendship that came from that year is is a pretty hell of a strong bond and those girls are just tight. And like, like I told you, I mean, they – Megan and Parker and Bobby and all these people kept coming up to us, girls that I've now known for going on four years and this saying over and over, like, you should be so proud. You would not believe the job that, that she did and stuff. And it was just neat. It was a cool, yeah, cool. a cool validating day. Uh, speaking of validation, Top Gun Maverick. Neil, we've been talking about this for a long time on the show here and there and everywhere. And it finally came out. And it has now crossed the $1.4 billion mark wow. for gross revenue. It is now the number 12 all-time grossingest, uh, grossingest, is that a word? You know what I mean. Most grossed. The 12th highest earning movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, On par with some of those Disney classics that we all know and love, like The Lion King, etc. But here's the thing that kills me. First of all, they're not done yet because there's still money to be made. And also, according to Variety, Tom Cruise, if they don't make another dollar on this film, which they will make more, but if they didn't, He's due to make $100 million off this movie. It's incredible. That's amazing. I mean, what does it take? Like, if you're just thinking like Neil, Neil and Laura McCready, and, and I'm going to write, let's say I'm Daddy Warbucks, and I'm going to write you a check, the amount of money you need to be satisfied for the rest of your life. Would it be $2 million? $4 million? How much would it take? $5 million at the, You'd be good at $5 million, right? Yeah, I, th- I think at five million, I could I could settle in and be good. Right, he made a hundred from this movie. It's just, and he's done he, like thirty before this one. Well, and, and like you said, this one's going to make a lot more. They're, this one's nowhere close to finished. Yeah, I know. It's still, it's still in theaters. Tom Cruise, man, probably made about fifty thousand dollars for Risky Business in nineteen eighty three, and now he's making a hundred mil, dude. Like this is before this thing ever goes to one of the streaming services and all that stuff. I mean. Like five years from now, he's still going to be drawing residuals off Top Gun Maverick. I know. Unbelievable. I mean, he's a stud now. Do you he's think they, they're saying they're going to make a third one? Do you think that's a mistake or do you think that's that's smart? Well, you know, the, I'm sure the studio is pushing, 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 and Tom Cruise is not dummy. He'll say, if I can make another 100 mil, I can now make eight generations of Maypothers rich beyond their wildest dreams. Here's the one thing, though, is you got you to gotta make sure, because the, the first one was a classic. And the second one, I think everybody walked out of the theater going, man, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was so good, right? It was kind of like fired you up, made you, made you feel good. You got you can't screw with the legacy by producing a dud. Um, I mean, you can. It, you can, but then it, that becomes the what haunts you a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, if you're thinking about how many, how many series of films have been good, one through three, I mean, maybe The Godfather, 
Godfather one and two were great. Three you could argue was good. Toy Story, all were good. Toy Story is all good. Of course, that's you know it's animation. Sure, you have a little more leeway there. But your storyline was good. Rocky three was great. I mean, you and I thought it was great. I don't know if it was actually great. Was that Clubber Lang? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good one. It was good. They they were smart to make sure Clubber wasn't a fifteen round fight. They needed to spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, both of those fights were short. Yeah, but that had that weird uh, scene in that movie where like uh, he was preparing to fight Clubber Lang, and they were running down the beach. Him and Carl Weathers. You remember that one? Oh yeah, that he got was. a little homoerotic when they started like hugging it out at the end. Uh, was... Yeah, there was a little bit there, and then they had the. I mean, spoiler alert! After he beats Clubber. They go into the ring together, just the two of them, mm-hmm. dancing around. He's oh, like, kind of at the very end. Yeah, you, you you taught me a lot. You taught me <laughs> you taught me a lot, Apollo. Not not everything, not everything, Stallion. Not everything. Oh, what are we gonna do? I guess you want me to ring the bell, and then ding 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 ding, and then yeah, and there's that shot, you know, and then they play Eye of the Tiger, and you're like, I feel like you've seen this a time or two. <laughs> you're like. Are you guys gonna fight or what? Because I don't know what's about to happen here. Um, yeah. So, but still, it's a great movie. I, yeah, I could watch. I could watch Rocky weekly. I think it's, it's just stupid. Stupid that I've spent as much of my life watching the Rocky series. Yeah, it's. It, I'm not saying it's stupid, but I, I don't think I'd want to watch it again. No. Uh, one thing I'm really enjoying watching here right now is Hard Knocks with the Lions. Yeah. You know, usually they're doing a team that's either good or like kind of good. Uh, so you, you're watching the show going, ah, this team might be good or not. The Lions are bad. <laughs> they are legitimately bad. And when I'm watching the show and they're showing the football stuff, you can tell they suck, man. They just can't tackle. And everybody they got on defense is like little. Yeah, everybody loves that coach. Like he's like this great speaker and motivational guy. So, And everybody says, they, you know, what's his name, Dan Campbell? Yeah, they're Dan gonna, Campbell. Yeah, they're going to come out of this and they're they're on their way and – Everybody loves Aiden Hutchinson, the, the the draft pick, and he's very charismatic and all that. But, yeah, they're going to be bad. But the good news is there's a team in their division that's worse. Who, the Jets? The Bears. Oh, my bad. Of course, yeah. I knew that. Look, man, I just know the AFC West. After that, I don't care. You know, It's Packers, uh, Vikings, Bears, Lions. Oh, yeah. We sent, our, uh, we sent our number three quarterback to the Vikings today for a conditional seventh-round pick. Why did we even do that? Oh, okay, so we'll finish here. We'll finish here with the sports thing. Did you see where um, um, Dana White at the UFC oh, fight? Oh, I don't know if I believe him, man. I was going to ask. So he said that they had a, the Raiders had a deal to get uh, Brady and Gronkowski when they were leaving the Patriots, the year they ended up signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. and that uh, John Gruden scuttled it. Did yeah. You, you buy that, and if it's true, how mad does that make you as a no. Raiders fan? Look, man, I've got to embrace the way that you do as a Spurs supporter. You've got to embrace what my people are. And, uh, you know, the great things like Tom Brady and Gronk, that doesn't happen to us. we got to fight for every inch we get, man. And Courtney really likes Derek Carr, right? That's her guy? <laughs> if Courtney, Courtney listens to the show, and she's going to slap you the next time she sees you. She hates <laughs> Derek Carr. And she, even when he's not in the game, she's bitching at Derek Carr. Like, you know, he hasn't even played a snap in this preseason, but every time the Raiders get down in the red zone and screw up and have to kick a field goal, she's mad at Derek Carr. 
<laughs> it's weird because Jarrett Stidham is the backup for the Raiders now. I know Jarrett real good. He played at Auburn and uh, spent a lot of time with him. So it, it's yeah. kind of odd that he ended up being a Raider. But hell, it's like half the team are like former Patriots over here since we hired Josh McDaniels. So are you and Courtney going to try to get to a game? No, we looked into it, and it's just so just expensive, exorbitantly expensive uh, for the tickets. Uh, just because, you know, uh, it's a spectacle in Vegas, and Vegas is a place where a lot of money is spent. So oh. Alabama money doesn't spend great in Vegas, so I think we're going to end up going to the Caribbean instead, and maybe we'll just watch them. <laughs> we'll just watch them on TV from the Caribbean. But anyway, uh, anywhere Raiders fans out there, let's go Raiders. We opened the show with uh... – Man U getting a goal. They just got a second goal, so you can, in the 53rd minute, it's 2 nothing. Man U, so we'll stop here so you can go watch uh, the rest of, of this. Do you know match. who scored it? Uh, Rashford. Rashford. Yeah, Marcus Rashford, yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's going to, they're checking it for possible offside, but no. I don't think he's offside. He appears to not be offside. That's great. All right, Neil, uh, it's been Hi, a Will. real pleasure hanging out with you again. Yeah, and- me too. Thanks for everybody being part of it. This was episode 187. We'll be back uh, episode 188 because that's the way the numbers work soon as we march towards 200 episodes of Greatest Pod in the South. For J.G. Tate, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.